Hello and welcome to Register, the podcast about architecture and landscape from Kingston University in London. My name is Andrew Clancy. In this episode, we are joined by Ava and Ricardo of Flores Prats Architects in Barcelona. I first met Ava through the work we were both doing on a PhD by practice in Barcelona and was blown away not only by the power of the work, but also her incredible in- intellect and ability to speak with great passion, but also clarity about the nature of architecture and the nature of the architectural practice that she runs with Ricardo Flores Prats. In this interview, we discuss how they came to meet and learn about architecture through their work with Enrique Marais in his offices in Barcelona, how they came to establish their own practice, and the nature of their work method, which uh, comprises hand-drawing, detailed model work, and kind of a detailed investigation of site and context in the making of their characterful work. I hope you enjoy the podcast. So, Ava and Ricardo, welcome to Kingston. Thanks for coming. <laughs> Thanks Thank you to for you. the invitation. Yes. Thank you very much. So I must confess, I mean, we've invited you because your work speaks with such profound eloquence. I mean, when I first saw it, I was just very moved by it. And I didn't know a lot about your work, to be honest, until I first saw it in Barcelona as part of that PhD. So it's a kind of conversation informed by my ignorance, I have to say. So maybe we can start, where were you educated and how, how did you arrive to set up your practice? I mean, you're from Buenos Aires and you're from Barcelona. Yes. So. Yes, and we both, we studied as the government, <laughs> and we both met uh, at Mirai's office. But I was working there as a student, and I was going to university in the morning and in the afternoon, drawing there. It was a very quiet uh, office, studio at the beginning, kind of a library atmosphere, drawing with classic music on the background. And then little by little, the, the studio starts getting bigger, and then... I started when I was 20, and then when you came, it was maybe six years later, and the, the office had moved, Pinoz and Miralles had split, I kept working with Miralles because he was my teacher at school, and so I get on with him very, very well. And so Ricardo uh, arrived then, and we were in a new office, a beautiful palace in the old town, amazing. Oh, yeah. Knows, yeah. It, mm-hmm. it was a, a really a magic place. And the studio had grown uh, more than the quiet time in the kind of a library space with Karma Pinot, but very different atmosphere. And it was very nice. And then we met there, we couldn't sit working for maybe two years. And we were working on the same projects? No, not really. Uh, no, I think... Uh, Only in Alicante we couldn't sit, no? Some uh, the, 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 the ring, the stick. Imaging Massive uh, Center in Alicante. Oh yes, yeah. When I arrived, I, I started to, to do the drawings for publication of this. But this project was under construction, and uh, Eva was drawing some things for site construction. Yeah. Uh, well, and then because I was new in the office, I had more of the, the to prepare the drawings of the fa- because from from the moment they won the competition until the moment they finished construction, many things changed. So uh, Miralles wanted to adapt to update that drawings and that material for publication. So I was doing there for two or three months. Uh, but because it was also a new project for me, uh, I knew it from a distance, but not so much in, in detail. I had to catch fragments of the project from the different uh, collaborators. Yeah, the, the veterans, the, the, yeah, the, collect- the collaborators that were there already, like Eva and other people. I was asking what's what is, and then I was like a mix meeting all these pieces together to make all the drawings, and then that was my first. 
And then... Uh, yeah, even uh, if the office had grown, it was very much a drawing space. And there was also a small uh, model workshop. And the books, uh, the library, uh, private library of Enrique was around. So it was very nice. He had this collection of Le Corbusier, the Carlin. Mm. And they pick up and take all the croquis of, of the, ske the sketches of the drawings. It was beautiful. This, so it was an office based on drawing and the discipline of Completely. drawing. Completely. Yeah. And, but the drawings, as you're saying here, they, the project didn't stop with the building. The, the, no, the that's The project right. and the drawings overlapped. Yeah. And it, yeah, yeah, exactly. So maybe can you speak a little bit more about that? Because yeah, this is something we learned there and also we also extended into our own practice that the project, uh, the, the site visits, the, the visit you make to site construction is just a, play, a, a, a moment where you, you see, you test and then you go back to the office to continue developing the ideas. It's not something just to control that what you have drawn is being built, but sometimes uh, you discover many things in the construction site that you really want to, and then, then you understand that the project could improve in this and in that. This is something, yeah, it's, it has a certain uh, uh, innocence, let's say, sense, in uh, uh, which we, uh, we accept with, with all our heart, uh, being, uh, being innocent in the sense that, of course, because, of course, the building construction had its rules, but if you think that everything can still be changed until it's really, really physically built, opens a lot of windows and a lot of possibilities to the to the project and, until the end. And also being aware that what you build, you know, it's a state, but it could be different. But it's good that you have deadlines and then yes. it has to be kind of yeah. uh, delivered in a certain moment, but your head keeps on working. And then somehow it's what you bring back to the to the studio. And this is true that it's a discipline we saw at Mirayet, even when the some nice photos of the buildings also came back to the studio. We redraw them, but also some pictures were there, or the models. So it's all this material that has helped you in building your thoughts on, on this issue that so are still around you, and you produce even more of them. It's yeah. not only finished the building. The, to build something is not the, the end of these thoughts. No? It could still has some extra. And then they move from one project to the other also. This is a kind of continuum. Um, testing. Yeah. Um, it's interesting because we, not to that same extent, but it's something that we believe in as well, that mm -hmm. the architect is present on site, the work needs tuning, and it, this thing is very well put, seeing with instance. So for Colm and I, sometimes we can't make the decisions on the site, you recognise the problem on site, but you need to be abstracted from the site yes. to understand what yes. the adjustment is. Yes. How does that work? Is it conversation? Is it abstraction? A combination of drawing? You mean among us? Or among yeah, or how are you seeing these things and developing the solutions on site? There's something all enveloping about the experience of seeing something which sometimes precludes the solution. You know, the distance from the site sometimes also... Yes, it's, you need it. Huh? Yeah. We're very afraid of uh, giving solutions and changing things on site. Yeah. Because you know, because everything is connected in a project, so you don't know where the problem you maybe you can say yes to the to facilitate something to the builder and but then there's something that you, unexpected chain of things that we're developing. So it's good to, that you sit back and you, you test it on drawing that this issue it only has effects in this fragment of the project and that's okay and you, they can go through. And then you need the quiet of, well, at least we can not the quietness and to check the drawing and to see the, the whole drawing again with quietness. 
in also we have this uh, on site is very difficult because you lose mm -hmm. no? the, the reality is so rich that you lose the, the yeah, rest yeah. and you need the abstraction of the drawing again mm, this is what I was going mm -hmm. yeah we are trying to think in, in this abstraction of the drawing and the reality yeah over uh, yeah is so so full of things and mm -hmm. sometimes <coughs> you can't you really look at the things and you can't uh, you can't really decide if this is going to be okay or not because also everything is so big when you have the drawing even if it's big you have on your table and then you control the reality within your the unity of yeah, it yeah the unity mm -hmm. in in your board, drawing board mm -hmm. and then you can see the whole thing again and try to concentrate why this window was there and 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 why was this size and the position etc that now the builder asked you to do it wider or whatever but, but because you have a relation with everything else etc and then then you remember your your own thoughts in the paper in your drawing board and then in the site uh, but but when you look inside you see some things that you want to to incorporate and then you come back to the studio no it's interesting that we're starting with a conversation about the completion of a project because the, and I think that's no accident because it's sometimes in those moments that you find the beginnings of other projects. It's mm -hmm. kind of an yes. interesting thing, right? Yeah. Um, which is why it's so complicated describing the cultiva cultivation of a practice you know, within a school of architecture. One project and another becoming mm -hmm. part of a conversation. And it's interesting because Sol Morales, Morales was, would have been teaching you as well. Yes. Yeah. And he writes very eloquently about building the ground under your feet and how you build a kind of conversation which is mm -hmm. from yourself up. And this is what we're talking about. And how much commonality do you see from those early conversations with Marais to where you are now? And have you given that much critical thinking or is it something mm -hmm. completely new now at this stage? Or? Well, I think it's really a school. Um, it was a school, and I think it was a very, but it was a very um, way of learning by being uh, next to him. So, for instance, I almost never read anything he brought. He he wrote. He wrote. Um, also, because it was you were inside this uh, world, so it was like uh, enough. But it was giving you discipline, and I think we keep on a lot the track of this discipline and the trust on drawing, and. I think there are a lot of things. I think it's a school. I went to the university in the morning. It was very nice to meet other good teachers and to meet the generation that I've been growing as an architect in parallel. This was very nice. But the, probably the school, the real school, was in the afternoon with uh, Miralles and, and Carmo Pinos. It's what I remember as a very concentrated period of time. And I think we 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 we're keeping the track. Of well, what we learned there, I think what is most interesting is the this um, the value for the process and, and how you more, more than I don't know, geometry or a way of, of or a kind of a way of uh, language or whatever, however you want to say that is much more uh, in a, being very very. Um, uh, how do you say exigent with mm -hmm. your material, no, with the result, and then this kind, this freedom, thinking that you have the freedom of changing everything until you want, and again and again, not hearing everyone else than you or you or someone that you trust, you think that all the reality can be yours and change it as many times as you want, even if it sometimes is already built, being able to convince that that could be done again and better because you discover it later. This is something that Mirai has had it. Uh, very clear, and we, uh, we 
could see, you could see him, no doubt, in the site, in doing, in changing, in whatever. Even if things were already done and there was a lot of effort behind, no, it doesn't matter because if you, when you build something, is one possibility of doing that thing. And if you still think that you can do it better, do it again, no? Or but all this kind of uh, effort or strength or power or I don't know confidence. Mm -hmm. This is what maybe he could. Uh, for me, was a big lesson, no. Then you do your own work, but when you have this kind, this level of of, of exigence or uh, with a kind of master like like that, that guides you all the time. Mm -hmm. In a way, push you, push you, push you. Yeah, it's very, it was very impressive <coughs> to see the, this effort of for the documentation of things because I remember going on site with these drawings you know, that were like kind of hieroglyphic sometimes because mm -hmm. everything was drawn in the same intensity. There was like no hierarchy. You draw everything, but there there are no black on the walls at this time. No? So it was interesting also the way that, that you learn that um, what you bring to the site, what you, you start your conversation with these drawings. So if you want uh, people to respect you, you first you respect your work. Mm -hmm. And then you, what you're giving and what you're showing in the meetings, it will start a kind of a level on the conversation. This is something that we think from him. And I remember when I was going in the class, I was sta still standing, and, and the, the students, my colleagues, were asking me, but these drawings you make are for building, but you bring, you go with this, to yes, yeah, there are no other drawings. That this is the documents. <laughs> this is the information that's going out of the office, is this one. And it's, was it, it was very impressive. This thing that, because it's what you can do as in, as in your work, because the rest, architecture, it goes out of your hands. Mm. It's so scaring in a way, so no slipping sometimes when it depends on the builder. There's a moment you draw everything, but then it's uh, the builder is another world. You know, and it's not the industrial design or these things that you control the product or whatever. It's interesting, isn't it? Because that non-hierarchy of line in those drawings, it produced... So I was at the other end of that conversation, which is mm -hmm. that I was a student seeing the drawings that you would have made, looking at them. We were, and they produced conversations, which was us trying to work out the drawing by reference to the thing, you know? So it was, they were inherently conversational things. So I'm wondering whether part of the drawing's gift was the necessary act of interpretation for the builder, or somehow a kind of the builder becoming inculcated in the language of the office. Because they're not immediately understandable. No. It was, it was you uh, helping to understand this line is the projection, this line is resulting, but it, it was the effort of the builder. Yeah. At some point, it was like, we could see it as a kind of a, a, a trick or a tool that they need us to explain the things. So they will wait us to measure properly and it was, it was not a document very easy to understand, take it from your hands and start doing things. They always needed you to translate a little bit or to explain. That's really interesting yeah. that must be yeah. really yeah. valuable with something like Iguadada or something. Yeah, hmm. exactly. Yes. Yeah. So you can inflect the geometries on yeah. site yeah. without anybody noticing? Or be there and to know that they are doing what you want. Because sure. It, they cannot interpret it. So you go there and you help them. No, this, 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 this. Okay. So they needed your help sometimes to 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 draw the things on on site or. To, that was the point. It's not that we couldn't change this because everything was very. Certainly. What we were talking at the beginning, it was very together. So making a change will disequilibrate the uh -huh. whole body. Oh, so. 
but is it yeah is something that um, is is contrary to the laws of you know, that <laughs> regulate the building yeah. construction yes. of yes. course these kind of flexible things or ambiguous world that you bring mm. to the site makes ne nervous everyone else beso <laughs> uh, except except you no but uh, we have but to change the way of drawing though no well, the well, some, some yeah some things are easier to understand in now our, in, our, yes. in our drawings but still uh, some many drawings are sometimes mm -hmm. uh, but then still because the geometry is very complex many times they, they need our help to, mm -hmm. to lay out inside and, and this is isn't it interesting this because if you take the number of drawings that would have been required to make <laughs> a building of some complexity a mm. hundred years ago yes there would be far more drawings required today to do something more. much smaller mm. Yes. You know, say a small house or a house extension would arguably require the same amount of drawn information now as a reasonably sized public mm. building mm. <laughs> 150 years ago. And what seems to me is this um, change, ever-increasing reliance on the certainty of the drawing. So when you track the kind of current concern with BIM and with uh, parametricism, it's the final complete triumph of the drawing in a way because what it says is that the drawing is certain and the architect's job on site effectively is merely to monitor progress. It's certainly right. not to intervene in the complex mathematics of a BIM model or a mm -hmm. parametrically derived form. But what we're talking about here is something more nuanced, which is know that there is a final tuning required, an embodied knowledge which cannot be abstractly mm -hmm. dependent on alone. Mm -hmm. Am I kind of... Yes. Yeah. Yes, because it's the quality of you know, of reality, and building is such a an issue. You no, know, out of there are so many factors and so other qualities that gets in. Yeah. So the drawings, uh, you try to draw a universe, but when you get there, it's so different. It's the builder, the man who's in charge. You know, everything is very real life. A lot of accidents. Yeah. So, going on. So, yeah, all this how you. You cannot have everything under control, and even on sites, you never know where the problem will come from. From the most stupid thing, you know, the difficult one, everyone is aware. Yeah. But the most easy one. So, it's good that reality is always you know, much more surprising. Sometimes so. it's great. Sometimes mm. it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That also the help of the model is important in in in. in uh, controlling. Say, yeah, controlling or previewing the probably possible. Or the spaces and the possible problems, but when you when yeah when when we draw when many times we try to reflect that into models also to help ourselves to be more um, convinced and also secured of what we're going to be doing and uh, and if the if all this process you are happy with normally the reality is, is much better because it's much richer but. Um, sometimes this, yeah this, the sometimes when you draw you're doing a construction documentation and you have to draw everything and even you know the the nails or some a lot of details that you don't know how we draw this or how we're going to build this sometimes you feel you remember you know, that you have seen projects even from the 50s yeah. with 10 documents 10 plans and now it will turn into 100 probably this kind of building yeah. and you feel like wow you know, that, Sometimes I feel lazy, I think oh, I would like this time you know, to come back because you, you're giving such a lot of information that there is a point that we have to draw extra because yeah. the, 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 thing, the builder doesn't have this kind of the proudness of doing the things properly so you have to draw the knowledge more the, than the problem. Or the, even but because the they don't have the, they don't have the, uh, the 
with people who have skills yes. that before knew how to be. So there's a lot of culture that has been lost, and suddenly people that are trained as architects, they are supposed to know about a lot of other things. I think our honorarium should be much, much bigger because they ask for a, from us a lot mm -hmm. of information. Not that you have to go through the people of the steel facet, everything. Well, at least in Spain, we have a lot of responsibility, but we have to draw it all. Yeah, same here. So it's, and sometimes you feel, but what is this too much? Because with a good builder, all these joints, you know, we can talk with him. Too. You can rely on them. Or okay. oh, you pick with one of the carpenter, mm -hmm. and he, he knows how to build very good carpentry, <laughs> and then you don't draw it so much. No? Do you have builders who you particularly work with that are part of the conversation, or no? No, no. We don't know who the builder is. No, because it's public, yeah. public, public uh, commissions. You never can choose the builder in advance. It's a competition for, it's a tender, no? For choosing the builder. So you don't know who will come. And then, and then it's always a lottery, you know. Sometimes the builder is good, sometimes the builder uh, is not. And once you talk the solutions with them, it's under construction already, so it's all this economic pressure. So you can develop things, but sometimes it, they are not. They are not offering the best. They are offering the, the easiest. Yes. Well, not the easiest. Well, they but have then, other interests, the economic uh, interest, and then you have another. Uh, it's, it's a kind of a fight of interest there okay. in this construction. Yeah. That's, that's fascinating because the complexity of the work that you make is, you know, really dependent on a very precise mm -hmm. construction in a way. Yes. What's interesting about it is that <coughs> there is this, um, like Mariah, is this concern with elision or collision and overlay and, you know, juxtapositions of geometries and somehow a delamination of construction. You know, there's a pulling apart of things. Mm -hmm. But what's interesting, and I've only been to two of your buildings, but what's really interesting is that there's, um, somehow you have a synthesis at the end in your work, which distinct, the elements don't stand as, as, as alone. Mm -hmm. They seem fully synthesized into this new world where somehow, okay, it's a vault, but there's something coming through that vault in a way that's quite unexpected, and yet both are distinct and both are present in a new spatial order at the same time. And again, I'm really interested in just how you build up this layering, I mean, how, that's a drawing thing that you're translating to model, and then back to drawing, or how does yeah, that well, work? The, the drawing, yeah, the space, uh, this, the space we draw, we draw in plan, normally overlaying, and then trying to think in the... Especially through the plan, many times. Yeah, drawing and then model testing on the models, but usually it's always on drawing first if it's more analytical or more abstract. But I think when it gets, and if you find it, um, if it's complex, it's because we we keep adding issues. It's not it, things are are I don't know if they are complex like real life. No, it depends on how much issues you add into it. So sometimes there are things on the project that get more intense, but because we keep asking things on them, like maybe you're talking about the shell on the salabeket, mm. and it's because the machines are upstairs, so we have to move the light to one side. So it's like things get adding information, and we have asking things and more things on a certain points of the of the project that sometimes get more intense, mm -hmm. and the rest sometimes is more relaxed or goes more more mm -hmm. easily. But it's interesting that spaces are allowed to impinge upon other spaces, right? So yeah. frequently a staircase will absorb 
a geometry of a surrounding space in a way that is both disruptive of and yet absolutely intrinsic to this new space, right? It doesn't ever feel that something's back of house, front of house. Somehow the geometry that's consequential seems as well tuned, maybe more so, than the pure geometry that's derived from. Does that make sense? Yes. Not overcomplicating. Well, no, well, there's always a, an, um, a work on unfolding and compression. No? I think it's, uh, it's, it's a densification of some points that are, yeah, make collision, sometimes circulation with light, with, uh, with other circulations. Probably is this interest in, in making, uh, densify uh, points of the plan for, for things to happen, uh, unexpected things to happen, which make them draw the different activities of, of different uh, circulations or different movements of people in the on the same place so that's why sometimes uh, things get no uh, over densified in some points of the mm. plan because we expect that this will will produce a series of uh, situations uh, that are much more interesting because they are like provoking uh, unexpected uh, no uh, mm. activities yes is this uh, make sense See. I don't know if I that was the question. I don't know. Yes, I don't know. I don't know. What was your question? Okay. <laughs> okay. Like with the language, I don't know. Maybe I, 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 maybe I overcomplicated. I guess it comes from a simple <laughs> desire from somebody with a we produce much simpler things. How you, you produce those mm, things? But as we have seen the we have seen some work. On yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, that's <laughs> not an issue. <laughs> <laughs> your geometry. <laughs> not very okay. Okay. But but what I'm kind of talking about is. Okay, <coughs> say the staircase in, I don't know how to pronounce it, Casa yeah, which uh, is this remarkable moment at the top where you orbit around this domed space and the staircase starts to use the dome fully, absorb yes. into itself. And it's not like you're in, it's not quite like the feeling where you're in an old cathedral and you're literally in the interstices. No, the, 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 the space that results is something very tuned, very well judged. It doesn't feel like a consequence. It feels somehow a very contemporary kind of space. You know, it's interesting mm -hmm. that, and it's a delaminated space, which I think is a very contemporary concern. And I'm just interested in how you're working on that. I mean, we've talked about the drawing. I mean, it's interesting. Delaminate. Where things are pulled apart, they're held mm -hmm. apart, and it's understood that contemporary architecture is made of, mostly of air, mm -hmm. mostly of planes of material with air in between and that that delamination offers opportunities right and certain contemporary architects are absorbing you know the lessons of Marais in different ways you know Jan de Wilder arguably the work that his practice is producing is in a very different way concerned with a similar attitude to tectonics and a similar consequential richness and it strikes me as being a very contemporary language because it gets round all the issues to do with um, tectonics and truth to materials which we all know are Mm -hmm. redundant today, but there is an authenticity required and there seems to be something authentic about this delamination. There seems to be meaning present there. In your case, it seems to be the spaces that you're interested in producing, but that's just me with a kind of an ignorant... No, no, it's, no, no. You, you, it's not an ignorant. We are ignorant. <laughs> when, you, when you explain, I didn't know what we were doing. This, I mean, this, I mean, unfortunately, this, this is an audio podcast, but I'm showing a picture of a staircase mm -hmm. with some windows moving up past this domed eruption that's arriving through it. And to me, 
what is yeah but here what happened is that uh, is that I can inflate the space above the dome uh, making the the light um, making the light uh, suspend a bit for a while before getting into the oculus of the dome because this space was not not occupied at all so what we have, we did here is to use it as a chamber of light that would uh, like a compass uh, orientate all the spaces around so what happened here is that this dome has this this delicacy in the back part in the in the convex side which was not used because you could only see it from from above this was as i said um covered and then and then now you have the the, the light sleeping sleep, sleeping sleeping very slightly sliding gently in the back part and then going into the into the into the spaces around. But it's all about um, is this, um, because you can move around it and you get to a triangular room that was dislocated because of the growth of this palace. Everything mm -hmm. is very kind of bro broken. So we try to continue through here. From, from this space, you ride, and then you can go to the terrace up, up there. Up to the terrace. So there's also this illusion that through the light you can get up outside in the open air. So it's always um, this, uh, this kind of joy in, in living in a place like this, that it's makes the day-to-day very... What's remarkable for me is that the found geometry of this dome and your architecture, they're all synthesized. Mm. Nothing is given a hierarchy well, in terms of... Its this, this was an enigmatic um, moment of the building, because this building, this, the roof wasn't finished when they enlarged this palace. In the 18th well, it was finished, but was uh, finished but without the proper geometry. The pro yes, so there is a courtyard coming here, like in a U-shaping plan, linking to this dome, and they never connect. Because probably they bankrupt because the construction we found it was very very weak. So, and they cover it in a kind of an emergency way. So there was this thing unsolved: how this nave will connect to a dome, and probably we imagine it will be a very close, perfect geometry of this thing getting into a dome you know, and everything very clean figures. But because the plan of the building was not clean and there was all this um, growth in centuries, so we, this kind of a broken and finished geometry without any kind of um, clear uh, point or center was was a difficult thing. No? We draw it a lot, a lot, until it gets this kind of broken. But also, what happens here, as you were mentioning, the two geometries going together. Uh, there's a lot of. Well, this happens also in other projects that we also in Salabeket or in in the Mills Museum. We try to when there's something existing that we, try, we first we like it and we we we, we because we like everything in fact and then we start, <laughs> we start, we start to draw the thing and we like the dome so we draw the dome many times and when you draw the dome many times then the dome is yours yeah uh, is, is your is like if you've been doing it before uh, so you are the, the the original the original how you say uh, designer. designer of the dome which is not true but now is it is true and then you continue to design the staircase around the dome and everything so when you draw everything like if it's yours everything matches as a one building together no that's why the new and the old doesn't that that, that doesn't look apart but look like a unity because it's it's like you've been drawing your own dome and then now somebody asks asks you to extend that and make a staircase on top so you yourself you draw the staircase on top of that dome. So we, we have under the dome this geometry, not very clean and unitarian, that goes to this oculus, 
and then on, on top of it, it, it is broken, and even a part of this dome is in the outside, facing the, the old town of Palma. One is in, facing the outside opener, one is in, facing this triangular, the other one is in the nave, mm-hmm. other one is in the distribution. So it has like five different atmospheres that you can, it, it has been split mm-hmm. into this. So it has a, a, this expl, uh, explosion, how you call it, delaminated? Dila, it's, yeah, delaminated. I'm not sure it's the right phrase, but yeah, it's what... It would be in Spanish, you can know? Delaminada. Mm. Laminated, laminated, holding it apart. That's interesting what you say about by drawing it, it's yours. Mm. And it it reminds me of something that Herman Schech said to me a few years ago when I was chatting with him, and he said that you're always a prisoner of the work of another architect. Mm. Sometimes that architect is another architect a hundred years ago, yeah, and sometimes it's yourself a year ago. And somehow That's right. the question is always more difficult. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it's harder to recognize your errors, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, but then, then if you have the flexibility of drawing again and again your own project, if somebody asks you or yours or the, or someone else's project, then I think it's, it's very enjoyable because, of course, it has a difficulty, but it's very enjoyable to take all, uh, even... It, it, because it's true, if somebody asked your own work from 10 years ago to modify because the family changed or whatever, or the owner changed, you have to criticize your own work and say, oh, I, have to, I have to break that part and make another. But that's, that's exciting. And then in the same sense, you take a work of 100 years ago or 700 years ago, and then uh, now I have this thing, and then I have to adapt it to a new use. In a mm-hmm. way, if you think like that, this is the, the, our attitude towards the... the renovation of old buildings all the time, trying to like um, something at least. In this palace was very easy to like many things, but some builders, but some buildings are more poor, but you have to like something, at least the staircase or something that is nice. And then you start to draw that and then, and then from there, and then sometimes the project appears. Mm. A lot of your work is with existing structures. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's about half. It's always. It's always with existing. Yeah. Well, even if it's always because even if it's a public space, there was something before. Uh-huh. Always there's something before you. Well, there's something over there, the landscape. Like exactly. In the one 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 building. Or Microsoft project. in Milan, the landscape was so overwhelming that that it was already. And there. also the project of the building was existing. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. The office building, the in-project. The building. Microsoft building and the landscape was there. It's always something you'd refer to. Uh, that, yeah, we always try to, to look at what is there before. It's impossible. Our ideas come from the, observ- from the, observation. From the observation. There's no ideas but uh, out of the things that are there, in our opinion. All, everything comes from the real things that are there. Mm. And those meanings, oh, no. they evolve through you drawing and speaking right. about those drawings. Mm. And that's right. Yes. And that's where the hand drawings are still used, and hardline hand drawings seem to be used a lot still. Yeah, yeah, because they are very slow to do. Yeah. Because hard leads draw, uh, drawings with the, with the triangles and all that, with the hand. And uh, allow many things come in. We, we, don't, we, uh, we are not so interested in the speed of the machine in, in the moment of thinking because uh, because then it goes so fast that it doesn't allow you to think. Yeah, also because we are not looking for solutions for a long time. We are just 
don't know. Mm. <laughs> Knowing what's there and what's the program about and how things can be mixed. So it's uh, little by little that things get built. Mm. Also, the, the way we, we work is very um, kind of flex. We try to be very flexible so that we can keep adding uh, in inputs from the client or from the site, information. So we prepare the drawings to get uh, adding things in them. So it's not never absolute. Mm -hmm. There's a very uh, the doubt. I think it's in the project itself always. And so the, you only engage the computer when you're deciding to switch to That's that solution. Right. It's you've identified. Mm -hmm. I mean, when you have to be to translate to, to, to build the, there to the engineer or mm -hmm. other other to put it in a common <coughs> tool mm -hmm. that everyone shares the Language. same drawing. And a common yeah, language, yeah, like AutoCAD or this kind of computer, yeah. Param yeah then you then you make a, you make um yeah sh share you share the, the material. But it's more a communication tool for us, the AutoCAD, than another reflection. Mm -hmm. And you two still find time to draw yourselves in the office? Yeah, it's the most difficult thing, but we we we, we can do we we can still find time to draw. And uh, we spent many hours uh, a week, let's say. Some days are more difficult because uh, have, you have the school and the construction. Some days mm. you don't draw at all, which is uh, very painful. Very uh, and and then, but then the next day you can draw. We try to draw every day. Yes. Also, when we decided, you know, when we thought about how which office we wanted to have, you don't know. But what do you want to do in the day? And we we want to draw. Yeah. So the, it means that the office needs to be small, and um, also it was one of our clients that make us thought, you know, the Navajutes, about the size of your business, you know, because he don't want to grow, and then it makes us thought about, okay, and if you want to draw, yeah, probably it means that you keep it small. Maybe there's people that can draw and organize a big uh, thing, but we thought, okay, let's keep it small. And it's true that the day that we don't have the time to draw, it's like a day that has gone away, and mm. has, time is lost. And when you can uh, draw, it's the time that you win of this day. And as we get older, it gets more important that when you draw, you feel better. Yeah, I still did the time from this day. That I, no, there was some good time. If not, think that because in an office, um, it's, there are a lot of other business going mm. on. Also, because of so many years of drawing, we got used to that physical, uh, physical exercise, let's say, of moving hands on on the table. So it's like making gymnastics, it's like going to the to the gym, no, and to make some exercise. But and for, then, the, for the thoughts. And it exactly helps you to helps your mind, no? Uh, like when moving the mm -hmm. arms and then that the day you make it again after a few days you couldn't because you've been whatever doing, uh, you uh, you feel again good humor, no? Uh, sometimes you're in bad mood and you don't know why. And because it had been a week that you couldn't sit in, in drawing, and, and and this is something has a lot to do with our yes, yes. Uh, and and then you realize ah that's what that that's was what happened what happened <laughs> I couldn't draw, yeah. and then you start again and you enjoy. Doesn't it the same with you? It, we I wish we were different. Calm draws a lot and finds time to do it. I do really enjoy drawing, and it's it's an interesting one because. You know, sometimes I say these things to students and, you know, you, you realise that you look like some kind of dinosaur to them. Because I remember very fondly, and still do, just the art of taking two or three hours to do a drawing by hand. And 
in that space, which is rare, where nobody phones you and you don't get emails and nobody interrupts you with a silly question. Mm -hmm. You can just draw. Mm -hmm. The thinking kind of flows in a way that's non-linear. Mm -hmm. It emerges exactly. from the medita meditation. Yes. And it's interesting, I think that there's a burden. I mean, we're surrounded by students out there working towards, you know, a big presentation next week. And because it's so fast to produce and modify images in the computer, I wonder, is it as easy to find that meditation time? I mean, a lot of the time when we were doing all-nighters as students, you were simply hatching a drawing. I mean, you were... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The brain wasn't on in this <laughs> kind of thing. It was slightly delirium. But there was also something else happening. You know, the discussion that you were about to have was running through your head. Previous discussions were running through your head. There was an overlap in that kind of mechanical act of drawing, which was far more was happening than merely hatching. And it's an interesting one because it does seem to be harder to produce with the screen. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen strong evidence that even with people who are natively brought up to that, that that kind of meditative thinking can happen in that context. It's why there's so much reliance on algorithms and mm -hmm. other techniques which might supplant that kind of consequential action, perhaps. Mm. But you teach, right, a lot as you well. Teach. as yeah. and. Do you teach them in this form? Do they? Do the students? Absolutely, sure. yeah, absolutely. Sure. And how does that go down? Right? No, because you enjoy. Because we, we <laughs> yeah. teach five, fifty. I teach fifth year. Eva teaches sixth, sixth year. The last connected. final thesis. Because when you. No, well, in this, in the sense nice. that it's very nice. No, no, it's disaster for them because <coughs> I tell them I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want, look I don't want a solution. Yeah, they are very happy now, but at the end, but. In the, is, uh, it, because they are not used to, because they are used to, to, to react and find solutions fast yeah. and all that. And, and what I say is that I, I um, invite them to get lost and to get uh, into the doubt that this and observe the site and draw and, and don't find a solution immediately and spend sometimes two, three months uh, in the crisis of yes, finding the Christmas, no? in finding their interests, the, the real interest that that sparks a project, not not just an idea. The ideas come from the from the things, in my, uh, only from the things, not from not from somewhere else that, and, and land in the place, but only observing the places, the the things that are, the the the, the conversation will start and. And that for them is is uh, is not what they've been trained to normally until until the moment they arrive fifth year, uh, and so and and I love this this telling them no hurry no worry don't, don't, if you need one two weeks more, uh, it's okay I don't want a housing project I know you know how to do housings uh, house houses I want uh, something a project that comes from that place not a housing project a housing project that is absolutely. Uh, for from the observation you have there, and that is something that is uh, is for me is, is fantastic. But for them, is something sometimes creates a big crisis because they are not used to observe so slowly, so carefully, as you said. They are trying to go fast, hmm. and and what I teach or what we teach is the is the slowness, is oh. losing time, is uh, getting bored. Well, to get to is, know uh, because when you get to know the things, you like them. Mm. And maybe it's mm. an awful neighborhood, but it's full of energy of the people, and you get to know, they get to know, so they go to the streets, they get to know the neighbors, they get information from them. So it's this time that you need to meet the place, and to meet the people around, and to know the bars, and to around them. So it takes time. So it's so that sometimes they get <laughs> frozen, and maybe sometimes they get so much information that 
it's not yet no, like a, kind of a hierarchy or something that okay what I like the most or what can we but they don't the know how to synthesize no. all that thing into but this crisis yeah this is very nice it's very good yeah. from in my opinion because uh, we want them to have a committed with what they do yeah and also to form a criteria more than mm. to to solve things immediately mm. to have criteria of what is valuable and, and and how that will be part of the project and collect things no? that's interesting it's Doubt and being able to still produce things not knowing what they are yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is what that, 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 yes, about. yes, because you have many times you draw and you don't know, you know that probably will be not useful and you still continue drawing. <laughs> and, and, and then yourself, you say, this I'm, going to, uh, this I'm going to erase it probably, but I continue drawing it and I say, why am I doing it? Bueno, because I like the things that is coming out and... And sometimes you don't know when it will return to, and sometimes be part of the project later on. I think is that um, that randomness of your head moving into things that you don't know. I think is the, the doubt as a positive thing in the in the process of design. I think is is key uh, to get into the process of design. You don't eliminate the coming backwards and forward and backward again and redoing things and changing again. And, no, it's interesting because um, <clears throat> you could always tell the tutors that you weren't going to listen much to. For certainly in my career, which is that they'd sit down beside you and they wouldn't really know what to say and they'd pick a drawing off your desk and they'd go, why did you do this drawing? And for me, it always seemed like the wrong question because <laughs> the why was always, well, I don't know why. Mm. Isn't that your job to help me? <laughs> <laughs> because... <laughs> It's the actual, the why you did something in advance of doing it is, well, slightly meaningless in the context of what it actually is, which again is this act of seeing, you know, which is how do you see and it's something to do with the drawing or the looking at the drawing and then actually the communication of that drawing, sometimes the conversation and the thing kind of draws out something that you might have missed or that underappreciated. I mean, inevitably, and it must happen in your work as well, where you know, on a student's desk, a piece of paper that has the coffee stain on it and is buried That's under 10 newspapers. The most, interesting. the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. And the student is going, yes, I think it's beautiful too, but I don't know what to do with it. So yeah. it's there. And the, that kind of thing where you're actually recognizing something, that moment of recognition where two people recognize it as a quality and they yet don't understand what it is. Yeah. Those sorts of things are complicated things to talk about. Yes. So the, the methodologies that you use are sight drawing from the site and then talking about those drawings in the atelier and kind That's of right. and also going through also we start with historic maps. Yeah. To have the idea that what before going to a place, it's nice to know that it hasn't been like this always. And maybe there were better moments before or not, although the better are for coming. But we still have the idea of the mutation of, of the city that it's so rich. So first they recognize it, at least this year we're doing it, this method, that first you draw on historic maps and they know the evolution of the place. Also because Barcelona is a city that destroys itself so much. Mm. But it's amazing when you look at the old maps, how different it was. And we already had the, the city built 100 years ago and we destroy it and we could be on holidays now. Everything was settled and beautiful and they destroyed it. So now, hmm? Yeah. Holidays. Holidays. Yeah. So... 
And then they, they will go there and they will see this, but when, what you saw, even if you have to know about it, and, but the possibility of changing the city has, it's also very important, so that they don't get also frozen because they will be asked to get so much information of the place that sometimes it can happen that they don't know. Mm -hmm. Also, uh, we, 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 uh, yeah, we think that... So we first on, on class and then mm -hmm. go inside, but we always want them to make this uh, abstra abstraction. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, like what happens when we go on site, we were talking at the beginning that we don't take decisions on site. You have to go back to the studio and have a rather quiet time to think about it. It's the same. They they, they have these two. Uh, we, go, we are in class, very abstract and much more your personal thoughts. And then you go on site and you try to get contaminated by what's there the neighbors yeah. as well yeah, yeah well the, and then yeah, again the, a quiet moment try to uh, collect all the, the dimensions of the site mm -hmm. the historical dimension the topographical dimension the the social dimension because you go inside and meet neighbors all the dimensions in in one piece of paper no or try to yeah not to lose the complexity of the reality but knowing that there is a how, how you, you can have how a you can, to, yeah how you see. can make documents that have all this complexity but this know? is important because also something that uh, worries me a little bit that now there is this tendency at least in barcelona of kind of being very close to the people and kind of trying to to react from what they say mm -hmm. and uh, we don't see this way of uh, educating someone or we don't like it for us you don't have to solve things immediately you take things and the thing, the idea is, is more complex. The reality. So that the reality and there are much more things. It's not only the neighbor telling you what to do, but it's something that now it seems like a good way of working in, in Barcelona. And I don't think this you know, asking and response is not what we like. It's, mm. it's to become more complex and. Okay, quickly. No. No, no, yes, okay, yes, I agree, I agree. <laughs> but it's, it's an interesting one because. Uh, mm? you, Mm -hmm. No, but I think it's the way we choose to make this step of going on side and to, mm -hmm. to, to have this distance. Yeah, but I think you're. I, I think that it's true to say that it is something that's, you know, being celebrated a lot. This kind of quite rapid temporary reactions mm -hmm. to social contexts, and yes. I think it's a necessary escape valve due to simply the scale of most of the other work, which is alienating. Yeah. Yes. And I agree that it has problems because all architecture that's meaningful has to be socially engaged. So to have mm -hmm. this completely separate sphere of architecture that calls itself socially engaged architecture, yes. I think mm -hmm. is a misunderstanding yes. of what architecture truly involves, because mm -hmm. if it is, it has to have that at yes. its heart. But it doesn't mean that it mm -hmm. has to be flippant or diminish the expertise yeah. of the architect. But I do think it has absolutely, it's an interesting critique that's happening. It's a spontaneous mm -hmm. kind of critique not to the work that you might be doing, but mm -hmm. because precisely not enough architects are doing work like you might be doing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because to have that kind of synthesis of social issues still grounded in the expertise of architecture and in making things is such a complex and time-consuming task mm -hmm. that it simply is hard to justify economically, I think. It's, and so it's hard for lots of practices mm -hmm. to make that space for themselves, right? But also for the government. Yes. I think that's a decision, that reality needs to be rich, needs to be social. It's not what you're saying, it's a, this little temporary issue of being social. No, it's a problem, it's a completely responsible task of not only architects, it's the politics. But that cultural yeah, conversation has been hugely diminished, I mean, mm. yes. the, the state mm. 
I don't know what it's like in Barcelona, maybe it's slightly more enlightened, but in, in, in Ireland there are problems about how the state views buildings or architecture and beyond their mere use value. The kind of cultural content of a new building is not something that you'll find a civil servant articulating the value for as a metric, say, mm -hmm. to determine who gets work, for instance. Mainly because it embodies, it relies on this embodied knowledge, it relies on experts in something subjective, like the quality of architecture. And there seems to be a distrust of, you know, a kind of, in this part of the world, in Europe, there is a distrust of this mm -hmm. uh, embodied knowledge. It's paradoxical. It's one of the problems of the EU is that it has set these procurement methods, which are all to do with economics and insurance levels and turnover and mm -hmm. economic competition, <coughs> which is leaves very little space for the thing that actually makes Europe interesting, which is the kind of cultural content of its territory and mm -hmm. how that is an embodied living mm -hmm. knowledge. Now, certain countries like Belgium, they have resistance and they can make a space for that and they have a procurement system which is highly enlightened, but which is under huge pressure because it's such a rarity in Europe, you know? I mean, this thing about how work is procured, I think, is an interesting problem for this generation of architects to face. I mean, certainly... In Ireland, we kind of assumed until very recently we would never ever get any public work, that that was simply not possible, because we would never have the ability to do it cheap enough, that mm. that wouldn't be an issue. And it's interesting that perhaps when you look at work in the UK, like Assemble and people like that, they're just having to be that smart to connect with work which has meaning to them. They have to be that radical to be able to get a practice that flexes its muscles that way. Is it similarly the case in Barcelona where it's very difficult for a young practitioner, say one of your former students, mm. Mm. to get going and make a space for themselves and for the state to give them work which might have value. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, yeah, I don't think they have this possibility of getting this. Yeah, the same as you're mentioning in in, in Ireland, and I don't think they have the possibility of getting these jobs now. Uh, and I don't. I'm not sure if they will be able, but that that's why they are meeting in, in groups. They are making uh, teams, collective, yeah, collective uh, to compete teams together. to compete yes. together, yeah, and then and to be cheaper maybe because they can share, and many of them look for more jobs. Uh, I think the the way of working will be much more into the interaction with the society in different levels, advisors or this kind of things, yes. Inter intermediate between maybe maybe helping to understand the problematics of the of the place, of the site, of the neighborhood and uh, getting into these kind of discussions. But not so I don't see them so much drawing solutions. Uh, I think I, I see them more into the into the um, into this kind of discussion. Uh, with, with the society, you know what I mean? We, we, we have this kind of, um, as we were saying just before, that we withdraw the reality and we bring them into our studio and we try to reflect uh, the, the solutions. Uh, I think these young generations in our, in our city are much more into, this, into the streets and they discuss, uh, they discuss with the society directly, you know? and I don't know. How, they how much, make, how much the drawing there is, is there? What know. else can you offer? Because yeah. as an architect, you always want to offer. Well, there is this issue that you offer extra things. Yes. So if you rely so much on this conversation, and you have to be so much on the on this ground, and and that's it, that's it. I don't know how much you can fly uh, and offer uh, from this.
yes. But I think that's a problem it, it, of politics. I think social, social issues getting very cheap and kind of temporary. And mm. this is what uh, worries me. Because I think governments should take the social issues as a very important one and should spend the money in a good honorarium and paying no, well, mm. the whole process. Um, sometimes nowadays it gets you know, this kind of meetings with neighborhoods and a few things happening with very little, very cheap public space. And, and I feel that's uh, going on sales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a, yeah, it's reneging on a certain part of the social contract, in effect. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and it's interesting that, again, in all of that, the lawyers and uh, accountants who oversee these processes to make sure that they're equitable are very well paid. Yes. Yeah, that's true. And I do find it interesting why architects, the first thing they'll do why? is yeah. cut their fee. Yeah, it's Why are you doing that all the cut, cut, it, cut it in the 10%, no, not cut it in half, cut, cut it to the 20% or to the 10%. Mm, it's terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. The engineers, they, they get very well paid. Everyone else, we, except the architects. I think the, our, the architect <coughs> negotiation should be run by lawyers. Well, they're, better, they're better on a collegiate basis. That they're, way. they're better what? They're, they're better colleagues to one another, oh. lawyers, than architects. Because there's something about just the success of getting the commission, which is overvalued by architects, and the terms in which the commission is valued. And I'm not quite sure where it's an inherent guilt or it's mm. some kind of... Because it's everywhere, right? Mm. You know, we, we made a decision a year ago of not doing it anymore, and actually it hasn't affected the work. We were really scared because we were coming out of a big recession, that it would really mean that we lost a lot of work. Yeah, we have lost some work. And a couple of thousand euros different in a fee, it actually isn't what the ones who are interested in making meaningful work care about anyway. But it's interesting that we would have been up against colleagues at the same time, and we knew for a fact that they were cutting their fees, because the clients were coming back and saying, you know, it's funny, mm. you know, <laughs> the other fee was half euros. Mm. But the decision to cut fees is an interesting one. I don't know, and I think it's it's part of what we have to educate students in today because they have well, to understand. Yeah, but what happens sometimes in, in this public competition when it's a reduced one, like the Salavaket one, we were five teams, we all say there is no discount. And it's if it's an idea competition, doesn't make sense. And that's good. Yeah, some kind of solidarity sometimes. Yeah, like because the time involved in making something worthwhile is... No, it's, it's unpayable. But also, even if you don't cut out the fees, uh, the amount of yes, time we dedicate to At least things, in Spain is very... Uh, it's impossible to pay your hours. I don't know how... <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I had to say how much is my hour... Uh, in, in minus, I put a minus first. Yeah, yeah, yeah we encourage students to finish their studies. Uh, okay, don't don't listen to this. You, you. Well, actually, do listen to this and make sure that your generation doesn't make the mistakes of ours. I mean, it's funny really. <laughs> <laughs> because, it, it, well, you know, my wife, who isn't an architect, has an enjoyable, very supportive, has to be because that's yeah. the, the world that we're in. She's also an artist, but. Uh, just the conversation about architecture and how weak it is economically and the struggles that you have to make to make that position. Mm -hmm. And I think you have achieved this and, you know, we're going back to this thing of the difficult task of making a practice, developing mm -hmm. a critical position. But the economic position by which you sustain it, it's not often talked about, but it is as important because without it you simply can't survive. Arguably, you're surviving. Well, the, the thing is, there, is, there is something that, uh, that in, in speaking seriously, you have to decide 
when you set up a practice, how, how where you want to be, because if you want to be in a, in a certain in a practice, as you say, with a critic um, a level and and trying to test things and 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 all that, you have to accept that it will be a struggle economically all the time, and you will be always in the edge of of getting no uh, in red numbers in the bank. <laughs> All these kind of things, but but you have to accept that, and you 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 have to think that that's the way you want to be, because if you don't accept that from the is is that that is key in the way of practice you will develop. I think is is uh, and this is how you say is indivisible or indissociable. Otherwise, if you want to make money on your practice, that could be great. Then th there are some people who make good practices making money, but we don't know how to do that. And this is something um, sometimes yeah you do decide. We need a third partner. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a lawyer. Or economist or something. Oh my god. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to meeting you all in ten years' time when you found out that last magic trick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, to wrap up, because you're obviously we're going to move downstairs shortly, and you're going to give a lecture, and we're obviously here in a university and surrounded by students making work with great endeavor and. I'd like to end these podcasts with a question. If you had a piece of advice, a single piece of advice to somebody mm. studying the subject, what would it be? Well, architecture is a, is a great study anyway. I think <clears throat> you don't... You, well, one of the things that you don't need to think that you will end up building something, making construction, some, the architecture formation is, is very rich and is very wide and is very... Comprehensive in, 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 in different, it's very nice, it's very wide, and then it's a great education. Even if you will be in the construction or will be in the, in the public uh, realm or in the as an advisor, or there, there are many things that you can develop. So, what I think is uh, in my, my, my advice would be not, not to get stressed by oh, I will end on my studies, I will get jobs, I will not get jobs. As soon as you enjoy what you are doing here, which is uh, such an enjoyable practice, no, or, or career, you will always have. You are rich already. You will have uh, a lot of things to do, and if you enjoy drawing and discovering things, you are already rich. The money will come somehow. That doesn't matter. No, it should never should not worry you so <clears throat> until the extreme of paralyzing you. But that's interesting too, what you say, just to pick up on it, which is that it is a very broad education and architects operating in, say, policy or in government or as advisors, they're every bit as valuable. Exactly, they are very important. But maybe we don't celebrate their work enough. <coughs> that's yeah. true. But they are so key for, for allowing other architects to do things well. Oh, yeah. This kind of conversation among people which are on both sides. Well, an enlightened person in that sphere is arguably much more influential than a single practitioner could ever be. Precisely. Yes. Because yes. they make space for Precisely. things to happen. Yes. Yeah. Precisely. Oh, that's incredible. Yes, that's very good. I think it's a very uh, interesting formation because you don't know how much technical is your school. No? But uh, our formation was very technical. So you have from drawing to structures to physics, mathematics yeah. still. And then to mixture all these in in the design courses, it's so great. You know that you think that all these ca can come to a synthesis that you can use things from different subjects into the drawing mm. board. And 
So it's very interesting, and also because it's about education. It's not, I think it's a pity when you think it's about getting work and you worry uh, too much about getting, but it depends, it's an issue on education, but it's what Ricardo was saying. I think it's about educating you and making you a reflective person. Mm. And this is what we appreciate from when young architects come to our studio, because there is project everywhere. And then you can notice when people have developed an education, they can see things and they can think and have a rich thought about any part of a project or any presentation or whatever mm. they are involved or, a, or to make a container for the models or whatever. So they see projects everywhere. It means that when you see a project, that they can develop thoughts on any, any issue that you give them. Um, sometimes we find people that come from an education that it's too, too, doesn't have this uh, reflective background. And maybe mm. they have gone too quickly to kind of be prepared to work on. on. So they, they cannot develop these kind of thoughts. And we think this is a pity. So what's important that you get out of school with the kind of the richness to, to be able to think on any issue. But that's really interesting because actually they're both really good pieces of advice. So Ricardo's was about valuing that you're always an architect no matter what room you're in. Mm. And yours is about reflecting. Mm. And it's interesting because in our conversation several times you've both talked about quiet time. Now yes. how on earth do you make quiet time? How what again? How, oh. how do you make quiet time? It's a lot of hours on trying to find time to be seated, seated mainly. Also, you have quiet time sometimes walking, or but it's a lot on the on the, on the table. But do you turn off the phone, or you do? You yeah, we 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 tell we tell everyone else in the office to pick up the phone, whoever is closer to the phone, and and take notes and say. So there is a call. moment that you you wake up, you stand Seven. up, and then you go to the little book and you see who has been calling, and you, you, you return, return, the, you return calls. the calls. Yeah. We try to do that. It's not always possible, but we try to close sometimes for a few hours, not to be interrupted by phone and, and things like that, and try not to make meetings, not to put meetings in whatever, the afternoons, for example, and then, but, um, yeah, trying to force a reality to your interests, in a way, because it's our, rich, it's our treasure, the time is our treasure. Is the only we don't have money, we have time. <laughs> <laughs> but it's an interesting one for 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 students, I think, which is to to take the time to if it could be thirty minutes a day to hmm. work on something non specific and Mm -hmm. 30 minutes, it's Maybe. too short. I, I yeah. think it is, but I'm just, you know, yeah, I'm so aware of every... But it's more kind of general, it's like half a time, so it means maybe the whole morning, the whole afternoon. I agree, or the whole night. Yeah, just get bored in front of the, of the table, no? Yeah. So that you're, no, you, you lose your thoughts and you come back again, this kind of things. And stay sitting there. Yes. Yeah, yes. well, because the thinking is never, is never straightforward, as you know, never, you never know when the thing will come. So you need to draw a bit and you are concentrated and then you go with your mind somewhere else and then you focus again. And then you go with your mind somewhere else, remember something and you focus again. But that means that sometimes these things of flying away come into the drawing because mm -hmm. you incorporate, because you remember something else. Because what you are drawing makes you remember something that you have lived with some friend or some colleague or whatever. And then and that conversation was about something and then, and then you incorporate. I think you need time to get bored into the in, in the in the positive sense, in the sense that you 
remember things or can talk about with the other with other people which is in the room about common experiences and these experiences will enrich the drawing the drawing is never a, uh, is never a, a one for one line yeah. one linear thing it's impossible the thoughts are always random so you need to have time to to make these thoughts being drawn, no? And I think to appreciate this time is what we, why we ask students to draw in big pieces of paper, so they know that the document can last days, and by hand. And at school we tried, even it's uh, in Barcelona, because there's so many people in the school, you don't have your own table, but in our design class they go there, and for they have three, four hours to draw. Mm -hmm. It's very nice, and usually they they enjoy it a lot. And they are fifth year, so they have drawn on computer and everything, and then fifth year, and they go back again to drawing, and a lot of them enjoy it. You can see it because of the documents. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the, the drawing helps you, because it's something that you, you leave it, and then next morning you find it again, and you start again thinking on it. So we really rely on this paper that's on the table for a few days. And because it's a container, <coughs> then the paper becomes a container of time, no? Uh, mm -hmm. Of all the time that you have dedicated on it and, and can hold still more and more things mm -hmm. and be more full of things. Uh, and it's nice because it's something physical that it's out of your head, so it's public, so it's on the table of yeah. the studio, so everyone can go around and look at it. and. So you comment what's yeah. going on so. that's a school when that kind of learning is happening when the student isn't there their work is still speaking to <laughs> yeah. other students yeah. yes. that's a school I think if that's not happening it's not a school right like, well yeah. this thing the thing of sharing the, the workshops can not can there is a bit of a market of ideas that everyone can we're lucky because we you know we're we're, we're not in the center of london so we don't have that pressure yeah. of space so the mm -hmm. workshops here yeah are fantastic it's this key no? yeah it is and we're, we're, we're i mean <coughs> you know if you were here next week you'd see this fujimori tea house going together and things like that and i think that there is that one is to one making side of things which also is mm. in the same way the process the meditation, the kind of accidents that happen in a flawed process, say of mm. casting or something, can produce observations which otherwise might not possibly mm. happen. Well, we've talked at length. Okay. And you guys have a lecture to give. I wish I could continue it further, but thank you very much, Ricardo. Yeah, lovely. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Register. In our next episode, we are joined by Crispin Kelly, the historian, developer and architect. In the meantime, please remember to subscribe via iTunes or Acast and to leave your comments and reviews. Thank you.